Okay, well, <clears throat> I'm talk about the Tfilas of Yom Neroim. And um, I want to actually more discuss an interesting aspect of the Tfilas. The Tfilas of Yom Neroim really require us to step outside ourselves a little bit, to be, get a little bit above what we're usually, the way we approach Tfila usually. See, as it is, it's Davening is always a challenge. It's a challenge to focus. It's a challenge to mean it. It's a challenge to feel like you're standing in front of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And then on Yom Neiroim, there's an expectation, if you look at the Tfilis, to really... The davening of Yom Neiroim is very largely for things that are very off-the-elevated ideals, right? It's like taking responsibility for all of Kali Yisrael in the Tfilis of Yom Neiroim. Uh, the the things we're davening for are are big things and not usually at the best we can do when we try to have a shaykhah to our tefillah is at least you know for our own personal needs we try to feel enough that uh, we need a kaddish baruch and we need a daven to him to get them and that's already a madrega and over here in Rosh Hashanah we're really asked, being asked much more than that we don't talk about personal needs at least not not anywhere clearly in the tefillah we don't seem to clearly talk about life and death even in the main body of the tefillah so it's a challenge <clears throat> now I, I just want to talk about it a little bit to understand what it is we're doing and how to relate to it and maybe we can inspire ourselves a little bit to relate to what we to dam properly at least with the way Chazal wanted us to dam it <clears throat> so when you look at the, you look at the tefillah of Yom Neroim so there's a whole bunch of additions. It's a, it's a very unique. There's the first additions we have in Yom Neroim is Zechreinu, Micha Meicha, and then the end of Shemineser, there's Chusayiv and Besefer Chaim, right? So the first bracha has Zechreinu Chaim, Melchapas Chaim, Chusayinu Besefer Chaim, Laman Chalakim Chaim. Then in Atta Gibor, we have Micha Meicha, Avrachamim, Zechir Yitzhul, Vachaim, Barachamim. So there's two additions. Then the end of Shemin Asrei in Uchal Chaim we say V'chusay V'chaim Tev and Kol Bnei B'Sacha and then in B'Shem Shalom we say V'chusay V'chaim Tev and Shalom that's when we actually finally start getting a little bit more specific Baruch HaParnasa you know, we, say, we say some a little more of the, the things that you would think we need those are the first additions to Shemin Asrei and that's made for the whole of Aseris Yimei those were added then there's now if you forget those it's not Ma'akiv we'll see soon why then the Chazal actually changed the, bro- the bracha language, Hamel HaKadosh and Hamel HaMishpat, which that, the Etzim is Ma'akiv, and if you forget Hamel HaKadosh, you have to daven again. And Hamel HaMishpat, the only reason why you don't have to is because you say Melch anyway. So Hamel HaMishpat, so you're doing it, so that's why you don't have to daven again. That's, that's in addition to Shemana Esrei, which is Ma'akiv. And then on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur alone, we add the three paragraphs to Atakadosh. V'chein Tein Pachlecha, V'chein Tein Kavad Mecha. Uvachain Sadikim, which are these powerful tefillahs for Kvayt Shemayim, for HaKadosh Baruch Hu Mashiach to come, and for HaKadosh Baruch Hu's, uh, the knowledge of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to spread throughout the world. And that we only see in Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And the Torah actually asks, he doesn't understand why we don't do it all of us, Eretz why are we only doing, adding those, those paragraphs on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. But that's what we do. On Yom Kippur and Rosh Hashanah, we add those paragraphs. And lastly, we have the biggest addition, was the Malchus, Sukhanis, and Shephras, the three brachas which are added to the so <clears throat> I want to focus on mainly the first additions, the Zechreinu, Micha Meicha, and Chsav, because they, they're really a very interesting um, 
it's, it's a window into understanding w- how we're supposed to be davening or what's our approach to the tefillahs and Rosh Hashanah. And it, it requires, once you understand, a better understanding what they're about, it does require a certain level of self godless In other words, you have to kind of demand a little bit more of yourself than we typically would demand. <laughs> Meaning we, would ex- we have a certain expectation of what we consider a good tefillah, and we see, we're going to see from here that Chazal expected from us a little bit more than that. A little bit more than that. The, the, these first editions, Zacharein Nulchayim, Al Chafetz B'chayim, were not editions written by the Tanoim or the Amiraim. They were not written by the Adjik Almost all the tefillahs we have were written by the Adjik Almost everything. Uh, with the, obviously, the Piyutim were later editions, but anything that's main body of tefillah, right, which is Brechus Kriyashma, Shmona uh, Esrei's, all those things that are main body of tefillah were written by the Adjik with some minor modifications throughout the time of the Gemara, but that's it. Capitals of Tehillim, they, they interpreted it? I'm sorry? The Capitals of Tehillim, they insert like how they, they You mean the Imsuka de Zimra? Right. So that, yeah, I, I don't know exactly when that was established. The bracha of, of, of um, Baruch Shammah and Yishtabah, that was, uh, that was also established by the Anshimestic Daila. Like I said, anything that's main body bracha, I don't know, like, you know, those... I don't know exactly if the Pseudotism was or wasn't. It might be it was. But anything that's main body is. You know, the, and this is really the only exception is these four editions of Zechreinu, Michamecha, Chasayv, and Besefer, which was added by the Gainim. It was added with about the thousand years that after the closing of Talmud Babli, until the Rishayim, that period of time is the Gainim. It was when Klayashal was still in Babel for the most part. You know, they still populated the two yeshivas in Babel like the same that the Marayim had, and then, then it spread out all over Europe you know, after that. So that was during that time that this was established, and that's the reason why, if you forget them, you don't have to daven again. That's what Yerushalayim say. The reason why you don't have to daven again, if you forget them, is because it's not Medina the Gemara. It's not something that the Gemara required. Hamal HaKadosh the Gemara requires. And the Gemara says, if you forget it, you have to daven again. Hamal HaMishpah the Gemara says, you don't. But these, these four are not. And <clears throat> the... I, I always wondered, personally, I had a question, which I, strangely, I think it's a very good question, but I never found yet the safer that addresses this question. And the question is, why did they add it? <laughs> why? It's a very unusual thing. It's very unique. The Gainim added to Shemun Esrei itself, and as we'll see, it's actually a very questionable addition. There's a lot of problems with it. Um, and, and what? What was the pshat? Why did they do it for? Chazal didn't put it into Shmanasre, clearly Chazal, the Ajikasagdaila, the Gemara, the Tanaim, they didn't think it was necessary. Or they didn't hold it was appropriate. And then the guy didn't come and add it. So what's the reason why? And like I said, I didn't find it in any safer. So <clears throat> the best we can do uh, is conjecture about it. So we'll try to understand what we do know about them and then we'll see if perhaps we can take some guesses as to what it is, what's the reason why they saw fit to add it. <clears throat> the Rishayim are puzzled at the halachic validity of these these uh, Why? Because you're not allowed to make a personal request in the first three brachas of Shemana Asrei, right? The first three brachas of Shemana Asrei is when you're kind of introducing yourself to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and uh, par- proper procedure a basic decent protocol certainly when you're addressing yourself to a king is you first 
you know, you, so you first address the king appropriately. You praise him and you, you acknowledge his greatness, you acknowledge his power, and only after you make the, the Shal Shishayinus of Shevach, that's when you're allowed to start making your bakashas. And to ask anything personal on the first three brachas is asr, so it's not allowed. And it's also highly inappropriate, it's rude. <laughs> to, you know, when you're saying your first Shalom Aleichem to the king, you don't even say, like, you know, your majesty, and you already are making, a, throwing in a request. So the Rishayim are very bothered, and some Rishayim say, you shouldn't say them. Some Rishayim say, don't, don't say them. They're not, not right, it's wrong. They, they disagree with the whole uh, institution. Well, we don't like that, obviously. So other Rishayim disagree, and Tysus asks this question, why were we able to add it? So Tysus answers that the reason why they can be said is because their requests on behalf of the whole tzibur. It's these requests of Zechreinu L'chaim, Melech HaFaz B'chaim, Chzveinu B'Sefer HaChaim, Mancha L'Kim Chaim, is a request on behalf of all of Klai Yisrael, of the tzibur, whatever tzibur means, all Klai Yisrael, or a group of Klai Yisrael. So therefore it can be done. Okay? Now, it still needs to be explained, right? Just because it's a request for the tzibur, why does that justify saying it in the first three brachas. I mean, bottom line is, you are addressing a king, and if you're talking to a king, you have to be respectful. Why would that break protocol? Because you're asking it on behalf of a tzibur. Why, why would that change the, the rules of how Shema was established? So, <clears throat> uh, there's two approaches to this, and both are very, very poignant, and I think, especially in terms of this year, they, they strike a chord. The Aruch HaShulchan writes that the reason why you could do it is because the tzibur is so beloved by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the tzibur is so chavav of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so you can do that. You can throw in a, you can throw in a request on their behalf, even, on, even by the first three brachas. So I think you can understand it like this. Think of it this way. Uh, you know, if you want to get in touch with someone who's very important, who's very busy, who's uh, someone very chashav, much more chashav than you, so you understand you have to respect the person's time and you have to deal with them respectfully. So you make an appointment. You know, you want to speak to them, you make an appointment. Um, then there are different people have different ways you make an appointment. Some people you have to call the secretary, some people you have to call the secretary, secretary, you know, some people you have to get someone to call for you. Some people you call them up and they say, okay, I have time now, you can come now, we'll come later, and then you work with their schedule. If you want to meet with Chaim Kanievsky, I don't know if you ever did, it's a big deal, it's not easy to do. Um, so generally, most people, you want to meet with Chaim Kenevsky, you, you go when he meets people. He has a time that he meets people, right? He has a time, you wait in line like everybody else. And if you happen to have some connections, then you maybe you could work out. He has times when he sees people with connections, you know? <laughs> There's that too. So you can get in, but you can't just barge in, you know, when he's in the middle of his learning seder and, 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 and start addressing him. It's, it's highly disrespectful. It's not res- respectful of his time and kind of who he is. So no one will do that. I mean, and... For ostensibly, we would hope it's the same with uh, your own Rosh Hashiva, certainly for my Rosh Hashiva. I can't just, you know, show up one day and expect to be able to talk to him for an hour. He has a schedule. I, I have to be respectful of that. But if Rechaim Kanievsky's son tells me I have an extraordinarily important message you have to give my father, go right now and give it to him, so then I don't need any introduction, I don't need any appointment. I can just walk in and say, I'm, you know, I'm sorry to, to, to interrupt, but your son just sent me with a very, very important message for you. Because the understanding is, is that he wants to hear the message then, and the son doesn't need to, I mean, the son has to respect the father too, but he doesn't, he's not bound by the same protocol that everybody else is, and, and he does want to hear from, from, from him, so you can just walk in, and you can make that request on behalf of the person's son. 
and uh, you'll be forgiven the interruption, right? So when we dive in to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, now although obviously we know we address Hashem, Avinu Malkeinu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is our father, but we have to approach him as a king because that is the nature of our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that he's a melech and we have to address the fact that he's a melech. And that's the way, that's the, davening is, was niskan, it was, it was created with the proper formality, first praising and acknowledging the greatness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and doing otherwise would be highly disrespectful. But when we are making a request on behalf of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's son, so to speak, which is the tzibur of Kla Yisrael, a tzibur has a whole different level than a yachid. Yes, every yachid is the son, essentially, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but there's a degree of separation which at Sibur is a degree closer. And that degree closer allows for us to over, overlook the typical formality, overlook the typical protocol, and at Sibur is so chavah from Shaykh Kaddish Baruch Hu that you can, you can just run in and you can say, listen, I have a message from your son, and this is what he wants. That's the understanding of Klai Yisrael, when you're dabbing for them as at Sibur, they're chavah from and it's justified to stick in a request even in the first three brachas. The other approach, which is really alluded to by the number of Rishayim, and the Mishabur himself really uh, understands it this way, is that the point of praising Hashem in the first three brachas is Malchus Shemayim. You're trying to, to, to raise the, your awareness and your recognition, and you're supposed to give covet to Baruch Hu, uh, and, and greaten the concept of Malchus Shemayim. And he says that the saying that the Tzibur needs HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in itself a great statement of Malchus Shemayim, right? Saying that how the whole Tzibur is at dire straits and we need Hashem, we need your help, that itself is giving tremendous covet to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I, I quoted a couple of weeks ago Rabbi Yeruchim in Das Taira, right, where he was talking about how the president or the, the prime minister of Poland visited the Mir. And he described that everybody came and they had their suits and there wasn't a button out of place and he went on and on about that and how we have to learn from that how to approach Hashem. And then some, towards the end he makes this, this, this uh, complaint. He says he doesn't agree with the, with the program. He didn't like the, what they, they set up. He says the king and the, the prime minister comes and all they did was uh, he says they just gave speeches and they just talked to the king about how, how they, 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 uh, they honor him and they, they bless him and how great he is. And he says he heard that in the the city of, um, of uh, uh, Karelitz, he says, the, the women of the city lied down in front of the car of the president and they didn't allow him to drive further, saying that we're not letting you go unless you listen to our request. And he said that is the appropriate way to approach a king. He says, if you don't make that kind of request, it's like a kind of saying that we're both in equal level or on equal footing. I don't need you more than you need me. And if, if you have a king in your midst and you don't do something about it, you don't take advantage of it in that way to make a, tre- a tremendous request from, the, from him, that that in itself is, is lacking in Koet Shemaim. So in the Shalosh Rishonis, if we're davening for the sake of a tzibur, doing that is, is the greatest uh, form, or, the, or it's, it's not only the greatest, but it's an expected form of Malchus Shemaim. It's an expected, it's, it's incumbent upon us to demonstrate Malchus Shemayim in that way, that we need you so much, that Tzibur needs you so much. And the Rishonim said also that, that um, it's only a Sarat Tzibur. You can't do this during the rest of the year. So you can't say a Zechorin Al-Chaim in the rest of the year, even on behalf of the Tzibur. 
but it could be understand, understood again in context of what like Ruchim was talking about. It's because it's Dir Shashem Behimatzai. HaKadosh Baruch was driving through with his car during Aserah Sumei Tshuva. He's here. And if he's here, and you don't lie down in front of the car and say, we're not going further in front of Esret until you grant life, until you grant Chaim, until you grant Parnas, uh, Tataiva, to Klal Yisrael, then you are actually diminishing Kuwait Shemaim. So according to this chat, it's, even a lot, it's a lot more powerful in a way than the first Mahalach. The first Mahalach, Arach HaShulchan said, he says that we're so chavav tal Kaddish Baruch that we can, you can insert a, a tefillah because he wants to hear from us. So that's like a... Um, it's an exception to the rule. Really, we shouldn't be doing that, right? Really, we should be showing proper respect and decorum and, and praising Hashem. But, okay, you know, the king's son can break, can break through the doors. He can do, he can, he can do, make his claims when he wants. But at this approach... It doesn't, uh, right, not clear, right? And according to that, it's not specific. But according this this approach, it's that fakert. It's doing due to this time of year. It's actually appropriate that we should demonstrate how much the tzibur needs the kaddish baruch Hu, and that's actually adding to malchus shema. These are the two ways to understand why it is that zechreinu michalach could be added in the first three brachos. Now, <clears throat> I um, years ago I was a, a bacher as elzman. And um, I was just come back from Eretz Yisrael, so you can't go to Lakewood and El. Um, so as there is the case now, as it was then, is that there were a lot of little kailim that especially catered to the bachrim that came back from Eretz Yisrael, so that they had somewhere to be in El. They tried to convince you to stay afterwards. Very little success. Anyway, so the, I was in Bar Park. I was in the kail of Yeshiva Teretimimah. And the Rav Matisio Solomon um, she should be well, who was the Mishkiach of Lakewood, was coming to Borough Park to give a speech. They went to go hear her. And ironically, as is the nature of these things, when I was in Lakewood, it took many years till I started going to listen to him. Um, but then I went, to, it was an opportunity to hear Ramatio. That's the way these things go. Anyway, so Ramatio spoke about this concept about that the Shal Shishainis, the reason why we can add these additions of Michamaycha and Zachrainu is because we're dominating for the Tzibur. And he says, if that's the case, you have to realize that that's what you have to do. When you're saying it, on Shemana Esra, and Esra, and Meshuva, and Roshan, and Kippur, you can't doubt it for yourself. If you doubt it for yourself, it's inappropriate. It's actually insulting to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. When you're saying, you have to be having in mind the whole tzibur. You have to be having in mind that it's a, it's a tefillah for Kalei not a personal tefillah. Now, <clears throat> you know, and, and just adding on to this train of thought, it's like, you know, Rav Chaim Kenyeski's son tells you, go, go into my father now and give him this request, and you go in, and instead of giving his request, you give your own request, right? So that's like, that's not rude, that's double rude, right? It's, 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 it's double inappropriate. That's what he was saying. But now, let's think about this, and it, I, this year I was trying to wrap my head around that, because let's be honest, when we say Zechrein Chaim, we think about ourselves. <laughs> that's what we do. And that's how we relate to it. That's the nature of a person, right? We relate to it by saying, we think about ourselves, we're actually very happy that we have these additions because otherwise you don't mention Chaim in, in the whole of uh, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. You don't, uh, don't talk about it except in the Putin. But in Shemana, that's what you talk about. So we're very happy we have these additions. And now we're being told that uh, you could die for it, but not for yourself. And the question is, how to relate to it? And how do we make it something that we can feel with our hearts and we can actually be in this to and dab into? And as like I was saying, 
that this is something that does require us to step a little bit above ourselves, but it is something that we can relate to. Before I get to that, um, exactly how to do that, I want to mention something else. Uh, I happened to, was speaking to Rabbi Walter this morning, and it reminded me of this discussion. When, when I was in Los Angeles, um, <clears throat> every year, Rabbi Chaim Fassman Zetzal was the Rish Kail of, uh, of the Kaila there. I think about just about every year. He would mention this concept from the altar. This concept is follows. You're fam- probably familiar with the basic idea. He says that um, we know that in, in preparation for Rosh Hashanah, we shave, we cut our hair, we cut our nails, we put on nice clothing. And Chazal say, what's going on over here? You're being judged for life and death. Generally, a person who's in that kind of situation doesn't walk around looking very happy in Yantavdik. You, 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 you act like you know, your, your life is at stake. So Chazal say, Yisrael has betachan in the Kaddish Baruch We're guaranteed that Hashem will make a nace and He will find a way to make our judgment good. So we, to demonstrate our betachan, we act and dress and eat yantav. It's actually very much a halachal and maisa digga thing. It's what, the, way we, it's the way we approach Rosh Hashanah. We have a yantav. We, if not for that, we would not approach it that way. We wouldn't uh, celebrate it as a yantav. We would fast. Which uh, some Rishonim used to do, you know. So this, we could be, we could have had a very different kind of Rosh Hashanah, right? Our Rosh Hashanah could have looked like Arab Rosh Hashanah, you know. You fast half a day, you say a lot of slichas, you wake up early, but we don't do that. We treat it as yantiv because we're demonstrating bitach. But the Alter said, on the other hand, you find all the other derichazal that talk about how much pachad you have to have, and you don't say halul because sifre chaim is sifre mesim suchem lefanav, because Baruch has the book of life and death, and, and you can't say halul because of that, and so on and so forth. He says, on the other hand, we see you have to have a tremendous amount of pachad, you have to have a tremendous amount of fear. So what's going on over here? Are you are you betuach or are you scared? Which one is the right approach? So that's that's his cash. And there's other answers to this question, but he said, the altar said, that the difference is a tzibur and a yachid. A tzibur is guaranteed. That Baruch is going to find a way to, to be muscled up. So they're guaranteed. But a yachid is not guaranteed. So there's typically people, when you hear this, the way it's usually presented is in a way that's relatable, which means that you're told, we're told that, so try to be someone that the tzibur needs, right? Do someone, be someone that does Isaac Bitzarche Tzibur, do so, be someone who cares about the Tzibur, is responsible for the Tzibur, because if you're a person who's like the Tzibur needs, then, then you'll, you have this guarantee. You have the guarantee because Baruch is going to save the Tzibur. But that's not what the Alta said. The Alta didn't actually say that. What he said was this there's a difference, there's a judgment on the Tzibur, there's a judgment on the Yachid, the Tzibur is guaranteed, the Yachid is not. And then the question is okay, so then why are we so happy? Again, you know, we're Yachidim, <laughs> what are we so excited about? Why are we walking around shaving, taking haircuts, walking around nice clothing, celebrating Yantiv? The bottom line is we're, back, we're in the same boat. Um, so I remember bothering Rabbi Fassman about that. And Rabbi Fassman had actually a very deep understanding of these things. I did not understand it. He, he explained it. I didn't, I didn't, it's hard to understand. And now, getting back to what we're talking about, I think we can perhaps have a little bit of an understanding of what the Pshat is because it's a little bit what Rosh Hashanah is about. Largely, Rosh Hashanah the davening at least, or the approach to Rosh Hashanah requires us to step a little bit outside of ourselves. Look back at this year for a minute. We, we had events this year that were events that affected the entire Klaistra, right? We had this, the catastrophe at Moron, so it was devastating. And, and, and in reality, it happened to 45 people, 
but there wasn't the person in Klai Israel that wasn't affected. There wasn't a person in Klai Israel that wasn't affected. If you're, if you're a Jew, if you're from Jew, you know, if you had any kind of heart, it, it affected you, you know. Some people more, some people less. There are people that, that were in Gansan Tzubrach, and there are people in Ahar Madrega, there are people that, that, that took upon themselves uh, Kabbalists, but everybody was affected. You could not not be affected. It was a catastrophe, which was localized. It happened in one place. It happened to a few people, but yet it was a catastrophe that affected Kali Yisrael. Then, um, right after that, was the, the bleachers collapsed in Stalin. Right? And that affected even fewer people. But the same thing, it was the same heritage. Everybody felt, oh my gosh, now what's happening? Right? And it was again, it was something that all of Klyosrol felt. And the same thing again, unfortunately, when the Surfside building collapsed and then that whole, that whole tragedy, and, and, and as they were searching and looking for people and were downing people, it was again, it was a localized tragedy. It happened in one place, it happened to a few people, but all of Klyosrol felt that because it was very clear. That this is a message for all of Klaishol. Whether we knew what the message was, or whether we understood it, or whether we didn't understand it, and we could heard many different speakers giving their own uh, approaches to what the message might be, but that, more important than anything else, was that it was a message. And more important than anything else is that something happened here, and it happened to the whole Tzibur of Klaishol. And there are times that this can happen to an individual, and then the whole of Tzibur feels it. If you remember, you remember uh, when 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 um, that couple was killed in India? Halter uh, Halter was name right? Halter Maisha Halter Maisha was the boy's name. I remember. And you know his two parents, his parents were killed. There was a uh, the the terrorists that kept them hostage, and then they were killed, and then he was alone, and it was a tremendously sad story. And it was just two people, and it was two people in Yehovah's right out there in India or Pakistan, wherever it was. And uh, and and the all of Israel was there. Everybody's heart was in it, right? Um, when when uh, Rubashkin was was put into jail, everybody felt it. So there can even be things that happen to a yachid, but all of Israel feels it. So when we say there's a tzibur davening, it's not measured by how many people it happens to. It's not measured by how many people uh, are hurt or or how many people are affected. It's measured by how many people care. It's measured by how many people is it actually happening to in their hearts. And that largely depends on who we are. It depends on how much we care. It depends on how much we feel, how much we, care, we are connected. So when we say there's, there's, a, there's a tefillah for the tzibur, it's not davening for everybody versus davening for one person, which means like this, when, when we said Zachreinu and Micha last year, what we really were doing was saying, Zechariah and Lechaim, do not let those, that passage in, in, in Maron collapse and, and have 45 people get trampled to death there. We were saying, do not let this person, uh, sick, sick person die and then leave over Yusayimim and make it sorrow that all of Klai Yisrael is going to feel. We were damning for a lot of Yechidim, but Yechidim in context of a tzibur, we're all a tzibur that, that feels for all this and, and don't let that happen, HaKadosh Baruch and it, it's that there is, is this level of achtos, it's this level of community, it's this level of feeling that our tefillahs are directed at. And that creates a tremendous kavod shemaim. That creates a tremendous kavod shemaim. 
And that's why really, according to both Pshatim, whether we're allowed to add it because of the Chavivus that HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves the, 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 the Tzibur of Kala Yisrael, or it's because of uh, the, the Kala Yisrael is needed, the, the, by, by HaKadosh Baruch Hu is needed by Kala Yisrael. The real Kavad Shemayim is this, that we're all united by the fact that we fear Hashem. That is what unites us. What unites us is that we're HaKadosh Baruch Hu's, we're HaKadosh Baruch Hu's people. And we're davening for a tzibur on this level. It's not that we're davening that chas v'shalom Holocaust shouldn't happen. Of course we're davening for that. But it's much more than that. And it's something I didn't appreciate until this year. That a tzaras hatzibur can be something that's a yachid. But the difference is, is if the tzibur feels it. And that is when the tzibur is on the level that we actually care. We're on, a, we're on the level that we do feel what happens to everybody. And, we, and once we feel like that, so then it's a tzara satsibur. It happens to one person and everybody's affected. And that's the chreina. So, that is a tremendous, that's what I'm going to get to, that's a tremendous mamlocha of HaKadosh Baruch as we'll see. It's something which is actually repeated throughout Malchus. Is the power of Klai Yisrael being misached to be mamlocha Klai Yisrael, to be mamlocha HaKadosh Baruch the, the tefillah for a tzibur, in this context, a tefillah for a tzibur is a, is a tremendous demonstration of achdus. The empathy? The empathy, yeah. The, the fact that it's happening to us. Empathy is being ma'amuch Hashem? The empathy is a demonstration of being ma'amuch HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Like, as I'll explain in a moment. So... <clears throat> What I think here is that this does require us to step a little bit beyond what we normally would do. Meaning to say, typically we say, just think about ourselves. And to say, okay, just think about the tzibur, that's a stretch. But think about a tzibur in terms of, in this term, in this context, that is something we can do. It takes a little work, it takes a little focus. But it's a it's it's a madriga we can we can strive for we can daven like that you can have yourself in mind too <laughs> a person can can recognize that if chasusham something would happen to them it would affect the tzibur it's true but that's not the point the point is we're davening as a chelik of klal yisrael and that's the way you have to say zacharim because you can't do it as a yachid you can't just daven for yourself you have to daven as something that klal yisrael appreciates. Um, We find this concept just as a, as as an expression of Malchus Shemayim and Malchias. You find it a few different places, definitely in the Piyutim a lot, but even in the Psukim, we we say one pasuk that we say is Vayhi B'Shur Melach B'His Asif Rasha Am Yachad Shifti Yisrael. One of the Psukim we say in Malchus Shemayim is Vayhi B'Shur Melach. Hashem is the King of Yisrael. Yisrael is Klal Yisrael. B'His Asif Rasha Am. When everybody gathers together, Yachad Shifti Yisrael. When the Shvatim are all in unity, that's when Hakadosh Baruch was a king. And this Pasik was hung on the door of the Bismedrish of Kelm, all El. When I was in Kelm, they felt that's the Avoid of El. If you want to prepare yourself for Rosh Hashanah, that's how you prepare. If you work on this Midel Achtus. And, you know, there's a lot of levels of this, but there's the simple levels and more complicated levels. Simple levels is obviously a kingdom is only as strong as the unity of its subjects, right? Uh, I remember someone explaining to me. I was talking to him about you know different Hasidists and so I was asking him about Ger and about Satmar. So he said Satmar has about fifty thousand Hasidim. So he says the biggest Hasidists around. Ger at the time had about six or seven thousand. He said that Ger is ten times stronger than Satmar because they unified. 
Samar has a bunch, even then, and now it's even more, but then they already had a bunch of different factions. There was the, the Alter Rebbe's uh, people who just stuck with the Alter Rebbe, and the people who stuck with the Sun, and the people who stuck with the Rebbe's, and it was, it was divided. It was very, it was very fractured. Um, and when you fracture, there's no power. There's no power. And Ger was 6,000, 6, but they were extraordinarily powerful because they were so unified. So unity is, is, is uh, the, the, the Aleph base of Malchus Shemaim. Without unity, there is no Malchus. There's no power. There's no nothing. There's no rain. There's no, there's no, there's no, uh, there's, there's nothing that gives the king any kind of dominion. But uh, in more than that, we see it so much, right, that the, how the, all the haters out there, they jump on any shred of diverseness in Klai Yisrael and they can demonstrate that there are different factions and they don't like each other and they fight with each other. They eat it up, right? Because for people that are trying to eradicate Malchus Shemaim, that's the place to start. That's where it's at. When you demonstrate, oh, within themselves they fight, you know, within themselves. So it gives, it, 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 de, it, 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 it makes us lose our, um, our validity, right? We, we become, it, 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 it questions the validity of the whole religion when there's different parts of it and everybody's doing their own thing. So the, the olive base of, of Klai Yisrael, the Imam HaKadosh Baruch is our unity, is our achtos. And that's why we say this positive. To, to be Yeshua Melech requires Yachach Shepti Yisrael. That's why in, in, uh, in Kelm that was the Ikar Ba'yabel. And like I'm saying is that the more you see, the more you learn what's going on in Tefillahs of the Yom Neraim, everything requires you to take at least that step. Everything requires that every tefillin Yom take requires us to take that step of davening a little bit beyond ourselves. It's like I said, it's hard enough to daven just for ourselves. It's hard enough to focus and to, to be inspired, and we need to daven for ourselves to be inspired. But it requires more than that. The, the, the nature of tefillah Yom Neraim is a tefillah for Klal Yisrael. That's the that's the Malchus Shemayim. That's the achdus of it, and that's that's the that's the basis of it. And if we understand all that, <clears throat> we think about it. So, I think, it, now going back to the original question, why is it that the Ga'inim decided to make these additions into Shemayinah? Why did they add it in? So, like I said, I don't know why, but we can conjecture, right? We can guess. So, one possibility is, is that this is when Klai Yisrael really, truly started to disperse in Galus, right? The Ga'inim's period is when this yeshivas and bubble started to break down, and there was, Klai Yisrael was less and less centralized. At that point, in the time of the Ga'inim, it was still, at least the yeshivas were centralized, right? The, the governing body of Klai Yisrael, the Tamil Chamu were centralized, but then that was also breaking up. So they saw the need to focus more directly on, on the Tzar Chaytzibur, that Klai Yisrael should, should, should daven for each other, maybe. One possibility. Another possibility is that it became clearer also that we need to address Chaim and... Uh, more openly, you know, in the tefillahs of Rosh Hashanah, we don't, the way Chazal and Masakana, we don't talk about our life, we don't talk about that, as Chorinus, we make a little bit of mention of it, but otherwise, throughout the rest of the tefillahs of Yom Neroim, we don't say anything about our needs, but, and the Zara says, it's supposed to be like that, the Zara says, that you're not supposed to address your own needs, it's all about Malchus Shemaim, so, it, with the Eurydice Adairis, the Gainim understood that we need to bring, open up a new level, a new way to daven for ourselves, but in context of Malchus Shemaim. 
So you can't daven directly for yourself. That Chazal made it very clear. You don't do that. But this is a way you can daven for ourselves, but yet you are davening for Malchus Shemayim. You're davening for the Tzibur. You're davening for the Tzibur. You're davening for the, how we feel for the Tzibur. How we're margish the, the needs of the Tzibur. And that's a way that you can both relate to the need of Chaim and, and Sifra Chaim and Sifra Mesim and at the same time also down from Malchus Shemayim. So that, that's the thoughts that I was having about what the Pshat is. One, one, the last thing I'll just mention is that it's a very important point to know. And, you know, when you say V'chein Te'en and it's also, these are lofty things, right? You're davening about V'chein Te'en Pachtacha, everybody is Achas, and these are hard things, and it's not easy to relate to them. And we could try, I mean, we're saying it, we have to try our best. But the Ramchal says, and this is a very important thing, and it's like a beer is repeating again and again, that the Ramchal says, I'll read you some of his Lashen. He says, V'atel inyaneinu she'im yiyatam, if there's a reason, if Hakadosh Baruch Hu would be able to be my fiat, to display, to demonstrate, to be megala, his malchus, and he would be able to rule over over the world as he wants, from that, by definition, from Hakadosh Baruch Hu's malchus, from his being able to be megala's malchus, there would be tremendous good. There would be peace, Hagdala, tremendous peace, the nevraim for all the create. Creator, Creatures of creation, but tirba ha'ora kedusha, and there would be a tremendous light of, of holiness, v'tara and purity. V'chol davar taim, every good thing in the world would come to play, to be. V'koyches hara yenichben, all the evil in the world would come under control. V'mushubadim, and there would be they would be subservient to the koyach ha'taim. V'loyikalkul taim and they wouldn't have the ability to ruin what's good in the world. The terrorists would not be successful. The people that are evil wouldn't it wouldn't work. It wouldn't happen. It would be an overwhelming, overpowering power of good that would happen if a Kaddish Baruch would be mafia malchusay. A Kaddish Baruch would be able to be megal his malchus. But if not, if a Kaddish Baruch can't, he not Kaddish Baruch master upon him. Then a Kaddish Baruch hides his face. And he's not megal the kaiyach of mshalta. By the way, this is Ramchal in Maimar Chachma. Maimar Chachma has a couple of pages he wrote to explain the tefilas of Rosh Hashanah. And uh, there's like a whole safe of the stick on those three pages uh, written by Rabbi Kohn um, in, in uh, Chavitz. Anyway, Vehine im loyif not hine kach brochu maski upon him because brochu hides his face. Vehine megala koyach mumshaltan. He's not megala. His power, his strength, his dominion. Vekoyches haram is sparts of mumshaltan. So then the evil powers are break loose and then they they dominate. Vechol toldus ha'inyan hazeh. Who klal kol harayis and imtzaris alam, and the ramifications of that is everything bad that happens in the world. Everything, every single bad thing that happens in the world is a direct, a direct outcome of the lack of gilim alchus So it means every sickness, every lack of parnasa, every lack of having children, anything bad that happens in the world, all the irritation and annoyance and suffering that people have from the chinuch and shalom bad, everything. All the evil is the direct outcome of lack of, of Kavach Shemayim. Mihine, B'yoyis Yisrael mischazchem b'chol yoyim al davrzeh. If Kalah Yisrael is mischazik themselves every day in this concept, umakablu malchusay yisbarach. So we're not talking about Yimayis HaMashiach. That's what's so important. That's what the, uh, the Ramchal makes so clear, which is so beautiful. To make, to make a difference in this, 
this global question, right? Whether we, evil will prevail or good will prevail, well, whether there'll be a difference in, in how everybody in the world will suffer or won't suffer. You don't need Mashiach to come for that. He says, if Klai Yisrael is mischazik every day, and they accept the Kodesh Baruch Hu's Malchus, which means, you say, Shema Yisrael, Hashem Lekein Hashem Echad, Kabbalah Malchus Shemayim, Umoidim Ba'i, Belibam, and they, uh, they, they, they accept the Kodesh Baruch Hu, they praise Him in their hearts and in their mouths, Ma'ifiyah Kodesh Baruch Hu Ba'ilamai, to the degree that we do that, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is then, his Malchus is more in the world, is, is more demonstrated in the world, and it's more, it dominates in the world. Then the evil powers are become subservient to the good, and the brach comes to the world. So, it's important to understand when we're davening v'chein tein pachtacha, yes, obviously we're davening a tremendous tefillah, and we want the ultimate good, because that's what we want, the ultimate, we want half measures, we don't want half Mashiach, we want the best of the best, but by doing that, Regardless of whether Mashiach comes, simply by damning those tefillahs of Kabbalah's El Malchashmaim, with every tefillah of Chaim Tain with each word that we say, and we say it honestly, we are being the Kabbalah we're bringing Shefa Taiv. And Shefa Taiv means everything good. So when you think about it, you think, okay, I'm damning by Malchashmaim, I'm damning by Mashiach, I'm not talking about the things I need to talk about, I'm not talking about life, I'm not talking about Bracha, I'm not talking about Parnasa, I'm not talking about, about my children, I'm talking about all the things I need. This is it. This is, this is actually addressing what's going to really make a difference. The real difference is going to be made whether there's more Malchus Shemayim or less Malchus Shemayim. It's actually the Chazal or Vesakonin in a way, and on Rosh Hashanah, you can address the real issue. And if you address the real issue, that's when you can make a real difference. And it's just a very important way, I feel, that you can daven and actually have your heart in it. Because a lot of times it's hard to have your heart into it. Because it's not things that we daven for. But like I said, if you put ourselves a little bit above ourselves, we step a little bit beyond, we can understand that this is davening for those things. It's not indirect. It, this is the way to do it. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a, a book <clears throat> I have. It's a, it's a one of self-help books. It's a great book. It's called Upstream. And uh, the, the reason why it's called Upstream, the guy writes in his introduction, is that there's a, he says, a famous parable. He says there's a, two people are swimming in a river. And so all of a sudden they see a child drowning and like, flailing in the river of coming being swept down the river so one of them swims out and rescues the child brings him to shore two minutes later there's another kid coming down and again they swim out and they rescue him and then another another kid comes down then one of the guys gets out of the river and starts running along the river bank and this other guy who stayed in the river to save the kid says where are you going stay here with me and save these children and the guy who gets out says, I'm running upstream to find the guy who's throwing the kids in the river. <laughs> you know? So, so there's, a, there's a mahalach of, you know, you try to just attack the, all, all the, the ramifications, all the palyaitzes. Or there's a mahalach of, you get to the source of the problem and, and, and be misakin it there. So on the day of Rosh Hashanah, Fakir, Chazal say, don't daven for those things. That's, that's not where the problem is. Daven, where the issue is, the issue is, is Malchus Shemayim. That's going to be the, the determining factor on a level, on a, obviously on a global level of Mashiach comes, but even on a daily, minute level, as much Malchus Shemayim as Rimekabal, is how much difference we'll make in the world. So every aspect of Rosh Hashanah's tefillah is a question of stepping beyond ourselves. And that's, that's the Nesayim. That's the Nesayim, to really daven and put your heart into it, and at the same time be able to daven for a little bit beyond ourselves. That's, that's, that's the Avayim. And... Uh, it takes some work and some kavana and some understanding, but, but I ultimately I feel it's something we can all do. 
we could do it. We could feel it, like I, like as we all felt it this year when these these catastrophes happened. And who wouldn't happen that 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 shouldn't happen again? And and these things shouldn't happen on every level that they happen. And davening for that is a demonstration of Klal Yisrael at its best. At, you know, it's achdos, and, and, and that's that's a truly demonstration of uh, of Malchus uh, Shemayim. So may we all be zeicha to be mispal, like we're supposed to be mispal. And we shall have a good time.